0: Good morning. My name is Corinne Conway, and I will be reading scripture from Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as the members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Corinne. I love that passage of Scripture. And... um... I use it often uh, when I do weddings, I talk about uh, these virtues of putting them on, kind of like packing for this journey of marriage, I love to use it for weddings. I had the privilege of going to Africa about five years ago uh, with a group and we were doing some training of teachers and I actually used this passage to teach a, a class on um, healthy relationships and, and ethics, um, this wonderful passage, it talks about uh, the change that Christ brings um, uh, It works for all of those different settings, but it's especially intended for the church. In fact, it was specifically written to the church um, in in Colossae, as in Colossians. And Paul, the apostle Paul, was encouraging them. He calls them God's chosen people, God's holy people set apart by God for his purposes. And Paul is writing to them about the changes that they're experiencing as believers and as followers of Jesus. And just before this, earlier in chapter 3 there, Paul has talked about their old nature, and he's talking about the change that's happened. And who is doing this change? How is this change happening in them? It's Jesus. Jesus is woven all the way through this passage of Scripture. Well, the New Testament. But particularly here, as Paul speaks about the changes that are happening in them. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts let the message or the word of christ dwell in you richly forgive one another as the lord jesus has forgiven you and then finally in that last phrase in verse 17 do all of this what in the name of lord jesus standing for jesus in the power of jesus all that jesus stands for do it in his name all of these qualities all of these characteristics are marks of his body marks of the church when the church is going well when the church is running and humming under the direction of the holy spirit and empowered by the presence of Jesus. We'd call that church a really, really good church. We'd call that a strong church. We'd call that a committed church. We'd call it a faithful church. We'd call it a biblical church. We would call it a Christ-centered church. We'd call it an alive church. And we could also call it a healthy church, a healthy church. Church health is a concept that's always been around, but it's come more into common use in the last decade or two. It was really big in the 70s and 80s to talk about church growth and the whole church growth movement and the development of a lot of mega churches happened then and and seminars and workshops that we were all going to and breaking the 200 barrier. Remember that? Good grief. But anyway, there was all this stuff about church growth and then gradually there was some disillusion with that and there's nothing wrong with church growth but we found that the conversation needed to shift to talk a little more about church health as well as growth. Because some churches got really big and really huge and had really grown, but they weren't necessarily healthy. They were big and it seemed successful from the externals, but internally there was misuses of power. There was abuse and control, sometimes just a narrow focus on certain dimensions of the Christian life to the exclusion of others, sometimes more of an entertainment focus in worship that left Christians entertained and encouraged, but sort of shallow in terms of their depth. So the growth was there, but the health maybe wasn't there. And then on the other hand, there's churches in certain communities and demographic locations where there's really not a chance for a growth in numbers. And yet some small churches have become so vital and so clear about who Christ is and what he's calling to do that you would call them a, a healthy church and they may never even see an attendance of 100, let alone 50. And yet they're healthy because they know who they are and whose they are and what they're called to do. We would call them healthy, robustly healthy, or we would call them full of vitality, another word that we've used. And so it's time for right now in terms of the life of our church to revisit this idea of vitality and learn about what makes a church a healthy church. I'd like to thank my wife for the love. Did you see a little healthy church up here? It has a little stethoscope on it. Isn't it great? And this is our little nurse's station here. We're going to do a little health check each week as we hit some of these markers. We'll get to that in a little bit. But we're going to talk a little bit for the next few weeks about Healthy Church. We spent a lot of time on it a few years back. Uh, at le- and, then, and then here in worship, we sort of shifted our, our focus and we, we got into some some Bible teaching and preaching. We spent about a year and a half in the Gospel of John. We looked at the, a series. We titled it Believe. Last fall, I know a lot of you really enjoyed our series through the Psalms of Ascent. And we just wrapped up on Easter, really, our, our study around the table. The, the pro- It went back to Tom's, Tom's price, by the way. Nobody bought it. Um, but uh, we, we, we finished our study. Of the prodigal God uh, from Luke 15. And we will get back to a reading and a Bible, study seri- a Bible reading series, actually, starting right after VBS. Pastor Diana and I are working with a, with a group called Biblica, the old International Bible Society. They have a, a program called Community Bible Experience. We'll all be reading the New Testament together for 40 days. We're doing that uh, from VBS Sunday on. You can do it whether you're in or out of town. But for now, we're going to focus on healthy church. Now, we're not necessarily taking a break from the Bible. This will all be very biblical, but it's not a Bible study. It's a look at the church and what Scripture says about it and what we need to learn about it as well. We're going to focus on what makes a Bible-loving, Bible-reading, Bible-teaching church a healthy, vibrant community that makes a difference in the world. So here's where we're headed. What makes a church a healthy church? we are looking to several markers that will help us answer that question but in and under and around and through it all must be our deepening devotion to jesus and our commitment to what he calls his church to be and do so we're going to look at some 10 we're going to look at these markers that help us answer the question what's a healthy church but we're not going to do that without keeping jesus at the center of this and in the midst of it and what he calls his church to be and to do So today I just want to kind of set this up and introduce this. We're going to do a little bit of a review of where we've been. We're going to look at a plan of what we've got here for about the next nine weeks. And then I want to issue a challenge to you as as members of this congregation. So review. Some of you have been a part of Naperville Covenant Church for a long time, and others of you are relatively new uh, in the last year or two. And so as we approach this topic of church health, and some of you are are just going to get a review of what we've done, and some of you need to know just a little bit of our history. I won't go into too much of it. But we're going to kind of start with some, we had a lot of things that started with the letter V. We had Veritas, we had Vitality, we've talked about vision, and we've used this term healthy missional church. I came to Naperville Covenant as senior pastor in November of 2009, many questioning my sanity moving here from Arizona in the fall uh, to, uh, to come into winter, but I was, it was clearly the call of God, and I have absolutely no regrets. I'm excited to be here, and it was excited at that time to take on uh, the challenge and the joy of leading this congregation. So it was a little over five years ago um, that, uh, that that Megan and I came and uh, moved here and, and settled in. I came to a church that was, uh, was excited about new possibilities and excited about the potential that there was for some positive growth and change. You were so gracious and you welcome to me. Kurt Anderson, I remember you rolling that banner that was the size of this entire wall outside that said, welcome Pastor Scott Gellin. It was great. I, I kind of wanted to take it home, but um, there's no place to a wall to put it. But there was a, an excitement, not just about me, but just a, 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 new, a, new, a, a new chapter for Naperville Covenant Church. Excited about some positive change and growth. The church had come through just a little bit of a difficult transition. But also, like so many churches our size and in our location with our kind of history these days, the church was facing some, some early warning signs of decline. Attendance and money hadn't necessarily shown it, but there was a sense of, 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 of a, a little um, questioning, what, what, what's going on? There was a, some question about what we needed to do to recapture some vitality and, and to grow and to know better who we were. Some wanted change immediately, and others were concerned about making the right changes. Others were maybe just a little bit afraid of the changes that might come. We had people on both sides of the aisle where optimism was on one side and pessimism on the other, and we were trying to look at the next best steps forward. So we decided in that first year that I was here to take part in, in an assessment in a learning experience called Veritas. And veritas comes from the Latin word for truth. So the church telling the truth about itself in order to know what to do to to move forward. So for two days in September of 2010, yes, it was that long ago, almost five years ago, we learned about what makes a church vital and what makes a church healthy. And we faced the reality that as a church, we were not a sick church, but we had stabilized. And stable seems like a good thing, but for a church, it's really not. A church should be actively growing and moving forward. Stable is just sort of a little bit of a resting place, but also with instability are the, a little bit of the signs of decline are in that too, where we get a little too comfortable. Then we learned, that stable, so we learned that stable wasn't necessarily the best place to be, but we also learned that we were at a critical moment, not like we were going to die at any moment, but we were at a critical moment in the life of our church of, of some excitement about what we could do and with some new leadership in place that, um, um, that, that maybe we could learn some things about ourselves and about vitality that would help us move forward. We learned that the church that we wanted to be, the church that we envisioned, was what we learned was a healthy missional church. That was the term used in the Veritas material that came to us from our denominational family, the Evangelical Covenant Church. Healthy being defined as pursuing Christ, missional being defined as pursuing Christ's priorities. Christ's priorities. uh, Pursuing Christ's priorities in terms of our individual walk with him, but also what he wants to see happen in the world in and through us like addressing the injustice of the caste system in India is one of Christ's priorities, we believe, and making a difference in the world around us. So this being a healthy missional church in and of itself provided some vision for us. A vision, you know, is, 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 a, is a picture of a preferred future. Who do we want to be? Who do we believe God wants us to be? And so we look ahead and say, we want to be healthy. We want to be people who are really passionately pursuing a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. And at the same time, as he changes us, that we're pursuing his priorities in the world uh, To honor him and to glorify him. So that was a a bigger vision, but we began to do some work then to kind of clarify a vision just for Naperville Covenant. We did some evaluation of our needs. We did some assessing of our strengths and some growth areas. And we eventually developed this mission statement. You may have heard we have it around. It's on posters and things too that says this Imagine an inviting community equipping people to go make a kingdom difference. Kingdom with a capital K, the kingdom of Christ. Not just make a difference. You can make a lot of differences. This is a difference for Christ and in the power of Christ. Some weren't too sure about that word, imagine. That sounded a little flaky. You know? And then I, uh, I remember Dave Dave Peckinpah. You were the one who said, well, right here it says in Ephesians you know, that God can do all you ask or imagine. So went, yeah, it's got a biblical basis. So imagine, picture, picture what we would be if we really were this authentic community that we get taste of and we, we feel it and there's pockets of authentic community and when we feel it, we know it. But it's a place where we can need to continue to grow. So we envision ourselves being really an authentic and, and an inviting community. And inviting here was a word that was both a verb and an adjective. We are inviting people in, but we are a group of people that by the ways that we relate and the, 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 the quality of our community is people say, I, I like being with those people. It's sort of an inviting place to be. Equipping, helping people grow deep in their faith, know the word of God, to be disciples who know and trust Jesus, who then are ready to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So that was our vision. Vitality, Veritas, vision. And then we went about setting a strategy and checking our pulse. To get at the vision and how we might move in that direction, we pulled together a strategic planning team. We asked what are the three most key areas that need to be addressed in order to move in the direction of our vision. If we're going to get to that vision, what are the three, what are the three things we need to work on? And we decided we needed to focus, look at focusing mission. Missions has always been a strong part of the life of Naperville Covenant Church. Church has always had a strong connection both to Covenant World Mission and other local things. We've been an extremely generous church with our mission giving, giving far more than 10% of our local income. But there was a sense five years ago that although that was good, it was a bit unfocused and we wanted to do more than just give. We wanted to send. We wanted to be more deeply engaged and we have made a difference there. There's some different things. We understand what it means to have a, a local partnership, a regional partnership with ministries in Chicago, and global partnerships. We're learning what it means to be in relationship with people, not just being rich people who give to poor people, but people who work with people to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So focusing mission was our first area that we looked at. The second area of focus we looked at was our Sunday mornings. We looked at our Sunday mornings, not just what happens in this room with worship, but our building, our programming that happens around here. And we, we saw that some changes needed to happen. Not so much a change in style and worship, but there needed to be a freshness and a newness to our worship. And we worked on that. Building improvements are needed. Our building, This is a wonderful facility, but there's some places that need changing and updating. And so we've worked on some small areas, and we've got a plan going out to hopefully address some of the larger areas of improvement. But there's a lot of people want to do that right away. We said, we're not going to do that until we know who we are and what God is calling us to, and then we can begin to address uh, the building. Churches have moved beyond the place of attractional. We can't just make this building more beautiful and people go, oh, they updated their building, now I'm going to go to church there. Not going to happen but if one of you invites and you say I want you to see what our church is doing to make a difference in the world they come in and they see a vitality and they see an inviting community and we want this to be a comfortable and a good place for that to happen so Sunday mornings we change our children's programming too We, we move Sunday school into the second hour with the children to make a difference there so a lot of those things happen around the Sunday morning and our third area of focus was the deepening of disciples. That we need to, as we push farther out, we also need to go deeper down in terms of our, our walk with Christ. And so we've done some things there as well. Just a few things in the area of care. We redeveloped and re-engaged with Stephen Ministry and that is going wonderfully. We have tried to change the culture of prayer in the church and that is happening and going. We're strengthening our small groups. In our board of spiritual life, we now approach many of our tasks together not just simply being a place where we report what's going on in our task and assigned tasks, but we are also Experiencing what it means to discern together, to pray together, to listen to God as we look at some of the changes in the programming that happens in the church. Those are just a a little smattering of how we've addressed these three areas of focus. Meanwhile, we did a survey called Pulse that measured our health based on these 10 healthy missional markers that we're looking at for the next several weeks. We did it twice. We did it early on in 2011, right after we had done Veritas and done some assessment, just to see how we were doing. Then again, we did it early in 2014 to see if we were getting any healthier. And there's actually some numerical values based on how you answer these things. And we did see, a, 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 not, not huge, but in, in small steps, yes, we were moving forward in several of these areas. There's still lots to do. There's still changes that were needed. Are we healthier? Yes. We've come a long way, and especially this last year, there's been a shift in things and a change in things that have encouraged a lot of us, and a lot of you have given me that feedback as well. We've turned a bit of a corn in the last year, year and a half, and we are more encouraged by the health of our church. And so I realize that right now is a good time to take a little bit of time to revisit these healthy missional markers. And so that's the plan. In between the end of our study on the Psalms of Ascent and our the start of our study of the prodigal God, we did sort of a variety of things in January and early February. That was when I we talked about word for the year and then I talked about prayer one week. Ed Gilbreath shared on MLK Sunday. We did a sermon on love around Valentine's Day. But in between there, I did two of the healthy missional markers. I don't know if you noticed or not, but we did look at the mar- Healthy missional marker about worship, heartfelt worship. And one I know a lot of you remember because you keep bringing it back up to me, the one about compelling Christian community on February 8th. And so we have done those two. But now uh, as we look into the next several weeks, I'm going to just give you a little bit of an overview and uh, what to expect. Next Sunday we will look at um, the number one, and these aren't in the order that you might read them in a list, but this, this is how we're doing them. The plan is next week we'll look at the centrality of the Word of God. As we've done these assessments of ourselves, one of the strengths of Naperville Covenant is its love for the Word of God, its love to study the Word and to have biblical preaching. And so uh, we see that that's one of the greatest strengths of a healthy church is that they are centered in the Word of God. So we'll look at that next week. And then also, as I mentioned, our study that will start in uh, the third week of June will be a, a community Bible experience in and around knowing the Word and reading the Word together. On April 26th, our theme is Sacrificial, Generous, sacrificial and generous living and giving as a mark of a healthy church. And I'm working with Don Bingham and our stewardship team that day. There'll be some stories about uh, what it means to learn generosity, not just in giving uh, uh, financial gifts, but of giving of our, ourselves to commit to the work of God. And so we'll look at sacrificial and generous living and giving. I'm so excited on May 3rd, we have a guest speaker. I'll be here, but we're excited about having uh, Reverend Debbie Blue. Some of you know Debbie. She has served for several years as the executive minister for the Department of Compassion, Mercy, and Justice for the Evangelical Covenant Church, or now called a priority area of Love, Mercy, Do Justice. Uh, Debbie developed that. uh, The the department started with her leadership, and she is passionate about areas of compassion, mercy, and justice and this particular marker of transforming communities through compassion, mercy, and justice. And Debbie's retiring this summer, And said, When can you come before you retire? And so she's coming on May 3rd. I'm excited to welcome Debbie here as she addresses that marker for us. On May 10th, on Mother's Day, we're going to honor our grads and honor our mothers. And Diane and I are going to, we've talked about doing a team preaching thing. We'll see how it goes. And you can let us know afterwards how it went. But uh, we both want to talk about a life transforming walk with Jesus. And that's what we'll do on May 10th. May 17th, we're taking a break from the missional markers, but we're going to see the church in action by confirming. 13 of our young people, Confirmation Sunday, 13 uh, young people and their mentors will be sharing that Sunday. We won't talk about the members, we will just be getting evidence of health and vitality at Neighborville Covenant. On the 24th, we'll return to the Healthy Church and look at global perspective and engagement. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's the Sunday when they were sent out into the world, and so we're going to talk about our global engagement on May 24th. On May 31st, uh, we're looking at, now this might not sound like the most exciting thing, fruitful organizational structures. You know, that's my word for the year. Fruitful organizational, but um, but that's a mark of a healthy church that so they have a, a structure and a leadership structure that works. That happens to be the day of our congregational annual meeting. Isn't that a coincidence? Not at all. This is the way I planned it. But um, we're going to talk about that as we get ready to elect leaders that day, and as we. Uh, 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 get ready to, to, to learn about our church and what's going on here and to celebrate what God's doing. The next week, we're going to dedicate our leaders and we're going to talk about the culture of godly leadership. And then on June 14th, our final Sunday in the series, the day before VBS starts, we're going to talk about evangelism, about intentional vandalism. We're also going to say goodbye to Thomas, which is going to be a sad thing that day, but... Uh, We're going to send you off to be an evangelist in Alaska with Katya, okay? But seriously, it's going to be a day of goodbyes, but also a day of anticipation with VBS around the corner. We're going to take seriously God's call to us to be people who are intentional in our evangelism. It's a good season to do this. It's a strategic season in our life. There's a lot of things going on right now in the life of our church where we need to be praying for our church and concerned for our health. Uh, because Thomas is, is, is leaving, we are, have just begun a worship leader search. We're also, we, even though we don't have a paid children's director right now, we are, we're considering taking that back up, and so we'll be entering into a search there as well. So we have some staff transitions and some staff uh, hiring to do in the next uh, several months that are important to our church. Right now, the executive board is working on our 2015-2016 budget. Our fiscal year goes June to May. And and so it's important to look at that not only in terms of uh, this facility and, and, and our staffing, but also our missions commitments and other things and things that we want to develop in the year ahead. So it's a strategic time as we look at that budget. We cut it way back last year, and we are meeting that budget, and we're doing even better than it right now. So what does that mean? What does that mean for our board as we look forward? Our nominating committee has been working for the last several weeks and is recruiting a team of leaders. And and we still have some people that are praying for God's discernment about whether to step into leadership. And we have some important things coming in the next three to four to five years. And so we need leaders who are really on board. We're praying about that. And, of course, Vacation Bible School planning and promoting that it truly be an outreach to our community. Uh, is happening right now as well. Important stuff. Things that add to our health and things that call us to health. That's the plan. And what it calls us all to then, finally, is a challenge. The first challenge I want to talk about, and just briefly, and this could be a series in itself and maybe someday it will be, But the challenge is to the big church, the big C church, not just the Evangelical Covenant church because we're actually, as a denomination, pretty little and people don't know who we are but uh, a lot of good things are happening. But I mean the church of Jesus Christ and particularly the church in North America, in the United States and Canada but really worldwide. There's a challenge to the church of Jesus Christ right now. There have been such huge cultural shifts in the last, even just the last decade or two and the church Characteristically, is not always keeping up with cultural changes and shifts that happen. We hear of mega churches and great successes and multi-sites and uh, takeovers of little churches by big church. We hear of these wonderful things. But overall, overall, the church is in decline. Church attendance is in decline. More and more and more, the American church is considered irrelevant, out of date, out of touch. And too inwardly focused, taking care of ourselves. I don't have time to go into all of the evidence, statistics, and trends. You know how to Google things, you can look them up. <laughs> but it's not very encouraging. The day of the traditional church is fading. And by traditional, I don't mean traditional music. I mean traditional church. Even crazy contemporary, if they build a big building and they hire a big staff, they're a traditional church. That's what I mean by church. Church as it's been for a couple hundred years in our country where there is a building and there are paid staff and there is programming and there is activity and there is worship going on. That has changed so rapidly. That kind of church is probably not what's going to carry us forward eventually. It can for now and it's doing it now. And even now for those who are still very deeply committed to Jesus Christ and those who are deeply committed to a local church, even there we are seeing across the board commitment levels and attendance dropping. Among the committed, among the faithful, we're seeing commitment levels and attendance dropping because of the pressures and the activities that this culture calls us to. We're hearing now instead of church growth that if a church attendance stays stable, it must be growing because people are traveling and involved in things that take them away from church more. And this isn't a guilt thing about not coming to church. This is the reality of many of us including myself that because of the way our lives run down and the commitments we're called to, we aren't the days of 50 days and 50 Sundays in church and two for vacation. Not many are there. There's a couple of you that come close. But those days are gone. It's changing rapidly. And sitting around and wishing for things to be the way they used to be is a fun little exercise and it's worthless because it doesn't change anything. Eventually, we will not be able to do church the way we've been doing church. There are big challenges to the big church. But we need to ask ourselves in the middle of this, is Jesus still Jesus? (laughs) Is the gospel still true? Yes. Is the church still As Jesus envisioned it and the Spirit empowered it on Pentecost, is that church still the hope of the world and God's delivery system for the gospel? Yes. Yes. The church is still the body of Christ. And if it's not, if that has changed too, then we might as well shut down. CVS and Walgreens would love this corner. I'm telling you. They've asked. Why bother if it's not true? I can do much better things with my gifts and my time. I can join a club and get community. But I don't want to. I want to be here where the Spirit is alive and calling us to a deeper commitment and a deeper walk and deeper health. The gospel is still true. Jesus is still very much alive and working through his people. And the gospel is more relevant than ever. Our American churches, the way we function, may be losing relevance, but the gospel is not. People still need Jesus, and they need him more than ever. And so we need to be open to new ways of seeing and doing and organizing and living out the gospel among people. That's it. Not just feeling good about it here, but living out the gospel. The way we live our lives, radically changed by Jesus living out there. We need to be more deeply centered in Jesus and who he calls to be. We need to be more externally focused on those he calls us to serve and love in his name. In our own little way, our challenge is to make the same kind of changes here at Naperville Covenant. Slowly, carefully, perfectly with discernment. And so here's the challenge then to each of us at Naperville Covenant in this season. And if you are visiting with us from another church, come be a part of our church. And you can take the challenge too. Anyway, no, seriously, these are things that apply to you as well. But I'm, 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 I'm talking to you for whom this is your home. Or maybe you're considering making this your church home. Number one is keep Jesus central. Keep Jesus central. This is all meaningless, busyness, churchiness if we don't do this. We can do lots of nice and helpful things for needy people. And we can feel so much better about ourselves and our church when we do. (laughs) But that's not what it's about. (laughs) It's about us knowing Christ, following Christ, being transformed by Christ so that we are passionate about serving Him. So that we are more passionate about serving Christ than being worried or afraid or embarrassed about looking too churchy or religious to our neighbors and coworkers. The passion for Christ must rise up higher than that fear. We need to pursue Christ, pursue his priorities. We need to spend time with Jesus. We need to read the Gospels. You don't really need a lot of fancy devotionals. Read the Gospels. The devotionals are great, and they're helpful. Read the Gospel. Read the whole Bible. But just stay in touch with Jesus. Just every once in a while, just kind of... Even if it takes you a year, start at Matthew and get all the way through the end of John to stay in touch with Jesus. My challenge to you is to keep Jesus central. My second challenge is to invest and interact, particularly in these next nine weeks. Now I realize this is crazy because um, middle of April through the end of May and the early part of June is the busiest time of the church year, equaled only to the middle of June all the way until the middle of April. So the whole year is busy, but I happen to know because you're sitting there going, oh, right, Scott, you don't know our sports schedule, our music schedule, our concert schedule, our our meeting schedule, Uh, and my work. This is when these reports are due, and this is what we're doing, all of this stuff. But I'm asking you and I'm challenging you to invest in your church in these next nine weeks. I'm asking you to really dial into this stuff and not go, well, he's not talking about the Bible Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm talking about Jesus. (laughs) I'm talking about his church. I'm talking about hope. I'm asking you to dial into this stuff, to invest some time and energy. You may be busy the next nine weeks. You may not be here every single Sunday the next nine weeks. But you know what? All of our sermons are available online. And if you want a printed out copy of my manuscript, I will get it to you as soon as you ask. I want you to dial into these messages and invest a little bit of time and look at it. I want you to go back and listen to the two that we did in uh, in the winter on heartfelt worship and compelling Christian community. In fact, I, I'm going to check those off because we did them. Right, Nurse Megan? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Okay, so check, heartfelt worship. We'll come back to that and compelling Christian community. But we're going to come back to those and... Um, I'd like you to spend a little bit of time there. For some that maybe have a little bit of time or you're in one of those lull places or you're waiting for a plane and you got some free Wi-Fi or whatever, just go look at this URL on the Healthy Missional Markers on the covenant website. It's just some really helpful stuff to see what's happening out there. You may find some other sermon series that have been preached on it and they might be better than mine or you might hear some things strangely similar because I'm borrowing from them because we're all working on this stuff as churches right now. But I ask you to invest a little bit of time not only invest, but to interact some too. Interact, discuss this at home. When you're talking to other church people, uh, opt for interaction instead of chit-chat when you talk to another church member. When someone asks you, how are things going at your church? Say, well, let me tell you about a series we're in right now what's challenging us. Come to our congregational annual meeting on May 31st. It's not just boring reports and budgets. It's a time of really celebrating what God's doing here and seeing the challenge of moving forward. It's right after church. There's going to be a meal provided It's a time to review. That's not Memorial Day weekend, by the way. It's the week before. It's a time when we'll review, respond, and discuss the challenges of our church. And this is a challenge I'm making to you if you love this church and care about our future. And then finally, the final challenge is to pray for our church. Pray for us as staff. Pray for our elected leaders right now as they take on a lot of these things. Pray for them, too, as they juggle uh, full-time jobs and family responsibilities and yet still try to keep alive and connected their commitment to this church and the running of this church. Pray for them. Pray for renewed vitality and vision. We've we've come through a a, a good year, but we can't get complacent and say, oh, the church is okay now. Oh, we're welcoming. we, We had a whole bunch of new members coming up soon. We're okay now. No, we need to continue to stay on that edge of what does God have for us to do next. Pray that we will learn to listen more closely to God and it will keep Christ at the center. Again, here's where we're going. What makes a church a healthy church? We're looking at these missional markers. that are on the back of your bulletin. You might want to keep track of that. We're looking at these markers that will help us answer that question. But in and under and through it all must be our deepening devotion to Jesus and our commitment to what he calls his church to be and to do. Let's pray. Lord, I've just thrown so much information out there. i probably even talked faster than I usually talk. But Lord, I ask that your spirit would help these things connect into our hearts and into our minds. We love you. We love your Big C Church, and we love your Naperville Covenant Church. And we want to see this place even more alive and even more healthy than we are today. Lord, I pray for my sisters and brothers that have thrown what might feel like more things they're supposed to do to be good church people. Help them receive it, Lord, as a challenge from you to love you more deeply, to love their church more deeply, and to be committed to be the people that you've called them to be. Jesus, we invite you to be at the very center of all this. Help us to know you better in this process. Remind us, Lord Jesus, that you are Alpha and you are Omega. You are the Alpha, the very beginning of all things, Lord Jesus, as you are forming in creation and as you came and brought us alive in the beginning, so you are the one who will bring it all together as Alpha and Omega. We want to honor you and glorify you now, Lord, as we set into the series. And even now, as we continue in our worship, we lift you up, Lord Jesus, and we pray this in your name.